Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Assalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen wa Khatimin Nabiyyin wa ala alihi tayyibin atahirin wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin wa da'abi da'watihim ila yawmiddin. Wa ba'd. Wa'ad qala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi muhkimi tanzilih. Ba'd an a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wajahidu fi Allahi haqq jihadih. واجتباكم وما جعل عليكم في الدين من حرج ملة أبيكم إبراهيم وسماكم المسلمين من قبل وفي هذا ليكون الرسول شهيدا عليكم وتكونوا شهداء على الناس فأقيموا الصلاة وآتوا الزكاة واعتصموا بالله هو مولاكم فنعم المولى ونعم النصير صدق الله العظيم My dear respected brothers and sisters, respected elders and Young students, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a command that is addressing all of us as believers that we need to strive in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is for this struggle and this striving in His cause that He has created us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wajahidu fillahi haqqa jihadi. Strive in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way it is the right of Allah that you strive in His path. Not how much you feel is comfortable for yourselves, how much you're able to, or whenever you feel like, or whenever it is easy for you, but rather the way it is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this dunya as a place of struggle and efforts. And then he has created the barzakh as a place of rest. That is the middle world. And then he has created the day of judgment and the akhirah as a place of compensation. Jaza. Either of khair for those who do good and sharr for those who do evil. The judgment will be passed and then the result will be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The judgment will not be given in this world. The reward and punishment for some Allah might begin in this world. But otherwise... That is reserved for the hereafter. And likewise, the period of rest, as an objective, that is in the barzakh. There is rest in this world, and the intention of the rest is to strengthen oneself and to regain the ability to continue on with efforts. But the primary purpose of this worldly life, this dunya, is to make effort. Before this dunya, the first world is alam al arwah. The purpose of that world was intidhar, to wait. Wait for when your time comes. You're just waiting in line. Whenever the time comes for you to enter the world, then your soul will come into the womb of your, of your mother at, uh, when it reaches four months. So the alam al-arwah is a place of rest. The alam of the dunya is a place of efforts. The alam of the barzakh is a place of intidhar, to wait, uh, or to, to rest. And the alam of the akhirah is the place where the jaza, the reward or the punishment will be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So right now, we are in that period of our life between these four worlds. We are now in the second world. Some souls are still waiting. Those that are to come, our great-grandchildren, we're not here yet, inshaAllah, Allah. Keep our lineage on iman. They are waiting to come into this world. We are in this world currently. If we are here to make effort, after we leave this world, we will be waiting. We will be resting in our graves. And after the period of rest, when the trumpet will be blown for the second time, well, then we will 
be resurrected from our graves and the day of judgment will commence. So we have to strive in this world. Everyone is striving. Some are striving for noble causes, some are striving for other causes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا تَجَلَّى وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى إِنَّ سَعْيَكُمْ Verily your efforts are diverse in nature. Some are earning their akhirah, some are destroying their akhirah. بَائِعُ النَّفْسَهُ فَمُهْلِكُهَا أَوْ مُعْتِقُهَا أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ السلام. Every morning there are those who come out, they have the flag of Allah and Rahman in their hands and they are earning their jannat on that day. Others are coming out with a flag of shaitan, sleeping through the fajr, missing the salah. بَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ فِي أُذْنِهِ Starting off the day with the urine of shaitan in the ears. And they miss the adhan. And then they do not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carrying the flag of shaitan. They go out and they earn their destruction. فَمُعْتِقُهَا أَوْ مُوْبِقُهَا Some are freeing themselves from the fire of jahannam. Some are securing their place in the fire of jahannam. Everyone is making effort. What type of effort we have to make? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَجَاهِدُوا فِي اللَّهِ حَقَّ جِهَادِ Strive in the path of Allah. The way it is the right of, of Allah that you strive in His path. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, they were the example for the ummah till the day of judgment. They showed how they made the effort of deen their priority. That is why it is mentioned that if the Sahaba radiallahu anhum hypothetically were to come alive and they would look at our condition and we would look at their condition, then we would come to the conclusion that these people are majaneen. These are majnoon, majaneen, meaning crazy people. Their focus is purely on the hereafter. They have absolutely no concern for this material life. They are not among those that Allah says, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ dunya. Nay, you prefer this worldly life. وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Whereas the hereafter is far better and eternal. They are those who prefer the الْبَاقِيَاتُ salihat. They prefer the deeds that remain. The investment that remains forever. يَرْجُونَ تِجَارَةً لَن They are looking forward for that trade in merchandise which will never ever bear any loss. تِجَارَةً لَن They are looking forward for that business they have done with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The business that Allah has invited. هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى تِجَارَةٌ مِّنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ Such a business that will save you from a dreadful torment. Allah is asking the question, هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ Shall I not inform you of such a business that will save you from the dreadful torment? تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ You believe in Allah and His Rasul and you strive with your wealth and your honor and your family and your assets, whatever you have. بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ With your wealth وَأَنفُسِكُمْ With your lives. And in return Allah will promise the jannat and tajrib in tahti al-anhar, the gardens underneath which rivers flow. So this was their focus, the akhirah. If they have to put everything on the line, they're ready to put everything on the line. So if you will look at their condition, we would say these people are majani and crazies. And if they will look at our condition, they would say that these are munafiqeen, hypocrites. This would be our common analysis of each other's condition. Because they would say these people claim to be Muslims, but their actions are very different indeed. This category of people of non-practicing Muslims is not even did not even exist in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What are the different categories that we find in the Qur'an? We find in the Qur'an, Mushrikoon, these are open politics of Mecca. Then we find Yahud, Banu Qurayza, Qaynuqa, Qurayza, and Nadir, the three Jewish tribes, and other Jews of Khaybar, etc. Then we find Nasara of Najran and other Christians. 
And then there was one group where they were the munafiqun. But the munafiqun were hypocrites in the sense that munafiqun i'tiqadi. They were, from the aqidah perspective, they did not believe in Islam. Majority of them were Yahud, some of them were mushrik. And outwardly acted like Muslims. So, and then you had muhajirun and ansar, sahaba, radiallahu anhum. So, the category of those who recite the kalima, believe in the kalima, they're not, alhamdulillah, munafiq i'tiqadi, meaning from their aqidah perspective, they're not munafiq, they actually believe. But they're not practicing in their amal, their actions are not in conformance, they do not prove, their, the iman is not proven through the deeds. This category is not even existent in the time of Rasulullah Because whoever was a reciter of the kalima, and was a believer, he was not a munafiq, was a genuine sahabi of Rasulullah and falls under the statement radiallahu anhum wa radu'an, Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah, falls under the statement wa kullan wa'adallahul husna, Allah has promised jannah for all of them. For example, just to take an issue of qada, there is some confusion, people try to raise this question, that if you are a Muslim and you're a believer in the kalima and you did not perform salah and you are negligent and you miss salah you didn't just miss your fajr and make it qada before the Jummah salah nor did you just miss two prayers, three prayers nor did you miss the prayers when you were traveling or when you were sick may Allah forgive me and you and the ummah maybe a person he did not pray for five years he just did not pray or once in a while if he was at a party and everyone is praying then he just prayed with everyone else but his habitual default status it was not praying. And this is unfortunately not a very strange concept that we cannot imagine. Oh my God, how is that possible? This is very common. How many people are Muslims that do not pray? And five years is a very conservative figure. It could be 10 years, could be 20 years, could be 30 years, could be 40, 50 years. And the period of time will start from the period of bulugh. When they become physically mature, that's when salah becomes wajib. Salah being such an obligation, Rasulullah has said, that man faqad kafar. The one who intentionally leaves a prayer has committed an act of kufr. Man Whoever establishes salah has established his deen. Whoever destroys his salah has destroyed his deen. The position of salah in Islam is the position of the head in the body. Without the head in the body, the body is not much use. That is the position of Islam, uh, salah in Islam. Despite all of this, because of widespread weakness of faith, there are many people who do not pray. If you do not pray, fine, you don't pray. Then afterwards when you make tawbah, if you, when you make tawbah and you say, tawbah, I repent to Allah, I will become a better Muslim. You had a near-death experience, you went for hajj and umrah, your mother passed away, some calamity struck, whatever brought you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now you want to start praying salah. So what is the hukum now about all the prayers you missed? So it's very clear that when the time for salah comes, you perform the salah, this is ada. And when the time passes and then you have to make it up. It is called qada. So qada would be compulsory. So qada would be compulsory for all the prayers a person missed. Now, practically speaking, a person makes tawbah later in his years. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the signs. The black hair turned white. The knees started giving in. His vision became less than before. He realized that I'm heading towards my grave. He made tawbah, now he wants to make up the salah. How many years of salah can he really make up? Does it mean that he does not do anything? It's easy for a mufti to say, okay, now you have to make up all the prayers of your whole life. But how is the person actually going to do that? 
That means that besides basically sleeping minimum number of hours to physically remain alive and basic requirements of intake of food and water, then he has to literally be Allah Akbar to salam and then stand up Allah Akbar and salam, continue praying non-stop. Still it might be impossible to make up all the prayers. So that is why the scholars, they say that you make, this is like in this day and age, in this financial condition that the Ummah is going through, America is going through and every other places, people have so much debt. So if you tell them, oh, it's haram, you have to pay up your debt, you should not die in debt. What do we say? Make a payment plan. Make the intention to pay back all your credit card debts and all the other extravagant expenditures that are beyond your means that you kept on piling up in this culture of debt that we are living in. Where no one wants to live within their means, they want to take and live beyond their means and they end up piling up so much debt. Just education is such a big debt and after that, fulfilling the desires keeps on adding to that debt. So we'll say make a plan to pay it back. So likewise, we'll say make a plan to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be consistent in that. And that is what is known as Qadar Umri, where a person, he says that, okay, I have to make up 20 years of salah that I missed. So if I have to make up 20 years of salah, I make the intention that every day for the next 10 years, I'll perform my daily salah and I'll make up qada of one day salah. So with the fajr salah, I perform two rakat fajr. Before fajr, I'll perform two rakat qada fajr or after fajr. You can perform the qada after fajr until sunrise. You cannot perform nafal after fajr, but you may perform farad qada. But preferably not in front of people. Don't do it in the masjid. If you're making your qada of your fajr in the masjid, after fajr, then you're telling everybody that I missed a salah. And this goes against our deen. Because everyone knows or should know, apparently we should be educated people in the masjid that there is no nafal after the fajr. So if somebody is performing, then the only salah he's performing is qada. So our deen does not teach us to expose your sins. In fact, on the contrary, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that in, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives every sinner illa al-mujahir. Not mujahid, with the dal, with the ra, mujahir. The Sahaba said, well, who is mal mujahir? Who is a mujahir? He comes from jaharun, to expose and to be loud. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, mujahir is the one who commits the sin in the dead of the night, but he's restless until he posts it on Facebook and social media and, tw- and tweets about it and his selfie committing the sin. The one who exposes himself and exposes his sin, this is the mujahir. There's no maghfirah for the mujahir. Who relishes in the sin and enjoys it and publicizes it. So we are not supposed to tell other people about our sins. So we should privately. This is a very bad practice. May Allah guide our leaders and khatib. Sometimes I've personally experienced as a student also. On the day of Eid, the entire people are there. Have any of you experienced this? They say that who missed the Fajr Salah today? They say that Fajr was farad and this is sunnah. According to the Imam Shafi'i, Malik and Ahmad is sunnah. According to Imam Hanifa, it's wajib. So how can we come here for this sunnah prayer? My dear brothers, and you missed the farad of the Fajr. So whoever missed the Fajr, farad, let him stand up now while we're doing it before and make the qada right now. So you put the people on the spot. So people, they're looking around, they're feeling so embarrassed and shy, and then, then they stand up and they perform. And, the, and that's, that's just those who are so honest. And the rest are sitting. May Allah, Allah knows how many of them also prayed or how many are just feeling shy to pray. But this whole situation is very awkward. It is not something that we learn in our deens. Somebody passed gas in the majlis of Umar anhu and he said that he should go make wudu. Then someone suggested, how about we all get up and make wudu? 
He said, what a great idea, let us all get up and make wudu. So the person whose wudu was broken did not have to feel embarrassed. So anyway, the point is that you start making intention before Fajr or after Fajr, you perform two rakat Fajr Qada. Before Dhuhr or after Dhuhr, you perform four rakat Dhuhr Qada. Before Asr or after Asr as well, you can perform Qada. Before Maghrib. Before Maghrib, you cannot because that is a makru time when the sun is setting. Thalathun nahana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam There are three times where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited that we do not perform any salah. And that is right when the sun is rising, right when the sun is setting, and right when it is at the zenith. So right before the dhuhr time starts, also we cannot perform. But besides these three times, we can perform the qada anytime. And with isha, we all have to perform the furqat isha as well as the witr. Because al-witr wajibun haqqun. Rasulullah said witr is wajib, and it has to be made up if missed. We do not have to make up the sunnah prayers. So if a person, he does this, for 20 years, for next 20 years, or for 20 years, if he does two, for two a day, then he will have to make it up in 10 years. And he consistently makes this intention. And he's persistent with this, and he does this. Then, what happens if he dies? And he's not able to fulfill that. We have the general hadith, other hadith we can make istidlal from, and we can deduct, deduce from, where Rasulullah said, the person who made the intention to go for hajj, and he put the ihram on, he said, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, and he's proceeding, and he dies. He will get the full reward of a hajj, as a hajj on the day of judgment. The one who made the intention to become hafiz of the Qur'an, and even if he memorized one ayah a day, or one line a day, but he's punctual at that and consistent with it, on the day of judgment he'll be raised as a complete hafiz of the Qur'an. And for that matter, even Jannah itself, Logically, if this question is asked, if somebody obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshipped Allah for 50 years or for 60 years, then why is he deserving of eternal Jannah? So logically, that's a question. The answer, of course, could be, okay, Allah ta'ala is giving him what he doesn't deserve. Fadl from Allah. But the other flip side is a more important question. That if somebody disobeyed Allah for 50 years and 60 years, 70 years, maximum 100 years of disobedience, then why is he deserving eternal punishment? We cannot just write it off and say, anger of Allah. Like we said, fadl of Allah on the other side. So the answer logically is that that is a period of test and trial for him to see what his inclination is. And he showed consistently for 60 years that he's disobeying Allah. If Allah says, okay, add on another 600 years, what would happen? He would continue 600 years disobedience. Allah says, another 10,000 years, he would 10,000 years disobey Allah. That's his fitrah, that's the way he's, that's the way he's behaving. Nadir, warners came, different signs came to warn him. He's not contemplating, he's not repenting, he's not changing his way. So even if he lived infinitely, he would infinitely continue to disobey Allah. So once the trial period is done and it is decided that this is the way he's going to lead the rest of his life for as long as he has a life, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put him in eternal jahannam. May Allah protect us. They will remain therein forever. So likewise, if a person is performing the qada al-umri with the intention to continue to perform, with the intention to continue to perform for as long as the period is required to pay up, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes him up and does not allow him to complete it. Based on his intention and his continuous practice of falling through with that intention, we hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will receive the reward of paying back all the mis-salah. Do you follow? Same thing with zakat. Same thing with psalm for that matter, fasting. 
So all of these have to be paid back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot just say, Tawbah Allah, I didn't fast all these years. We have to make it up. If he did not pay the zakat, we have to calculate the zakat. If he stole someone's money, stole, took something that did not belong to us, we cannot make Tawbah to Allah and it's over. We have to return that property. If you backbited somebody, we have to seek forgiveness from the person we backbited. So these are all means of Tawbah. The point I was began with this discussion is, then some people, this is not easy. Payment plan for 10 years, 10 years salah you miss, 20 years salah you miss, and you have to make it up. Even with this explanation of how to do it, it's still not an easy task. It requires a lot of determination. Is it not so? So that's why we, people don't like it. People don't like the idea. Now if you don't like the idea, you say, you, 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 we need to accept it. Whether we can do it or not, ask Allah for forgiveness. But new phenomena is where we begin to rationalize it. We don't want to accept it's wrong, we want to rationalize it. When Allah asked Iblis, why did you not make sajda? He could have said, I didn't feel like it. Or I don't like it. He didn't say that. He rationalized. He said, خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارٍ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن طِينٍ Oh Allah, you created me from fire, you created him from dirt. So why should I create it from fire or go down to the one who created from dirt? This rationalization and to reject the order of Allah through our own rationale, this is the total pure 100% Iblis' methodology. So this is what people adopt. They say that, what, is the, the, what did they reject? How to reject this? A very absurd question is that give us example of the Sahaba doing this. This question is absolutely wrong. They say, can you prove to us that the Sahaba made up 10 years Qadha Salah? 20 years Qadha Salah? So where did he come up with this? This is an innovation in the deen. So the reason is the question itself is flawed. The question is so flawed because you're asking about a scenario that doesn't exist. You want us to give an example of a person who recited the kalima, became a Muslim, is not a munafiq, and then is not praying for 10 years. That scenario, frankly, did never existed. If you miss the salah intentionally, then we have the question, would you make it up or not? We do have some scenarios. What scenarios do we have? We have the scenario where the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba were traveling throughout the night and they were marching and marching. And they got very exhausted and tired. Then finally, Rasulullah ﷺ, they asked him, can we take a break and rest? He said, okay, who's going to wake us up for Fajr? So Bilal ﷺ said, okay, I'll stay awake to wake up everyone for Fajr. So everyone spread out, went to sleep. Then Bilal ﷺ sat facing the east where the sun was going to, or the, for the dawn was going to break. And leaning against his camel, he was sitting there doing dhikr, waiting. And then everyone was asleep and it was a sleeping atmosphere. It's like if the van you're traveling on a long road trip and everyone in the back is sleeping and the passenger side is sleeping too and you're driving. Now, Billah, you might fall asleep as well. So same thing happened. He was, sitting, he was in the driver's seat and slowly but surely he also fell asleep. And then he, sleep, and he went to sleep. Rasulullah is sleeping. Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, Ali are sleeping. Everyone is sleeping. Bilal is sleeping now. And the dawn occurred. So what happened when the dawn occurs? First the whiteness came and whiteness spread. Then the redness came, the redness spread. Then finally the sun rose. When the sun rises, in the Tudu Isham, see what happens? Time for Fajr is over. Do we remember that? Hopefully we know that the Fajr ends when the sun rises. So when the sun rose, then the rays of the sun came on him, on his eyes, and all of a sudden he woke up. He said, Inna lillah, astaghfirullah. He was so embarrassed. Then he went to wake up Rasulullah sallallahu Rasulullah said, Ma fa'ala bika ya Bilalu. What happened to you, O Bilal? So he was in big trouble. So he was trying to make it as light as possible, best of the situ- to make it as best as possible. So he said, Akhadani ma akhadaka ya Rasulullah. He said, The same thing overcame me that had overcome you, O Rasulullah. But that is 
if you logically look at it, it's not a valid excuse because you took the responsibility, the Prophet ﷺ was trusting in you, right? But he said that to try to make it as best as possible for himself. He said, Akhadani ma I was overcome by that which you overcame you. Nabi Sallallahu said, This shaitan is in this valley. Let's get up. So everyone got up and he said, Let's go and travel. So they traveled some and they went to another valley. Then they all made qada together. So they missed one salah and they made it up. The second scenario is in the battle of the ditch, which was a siege. And it's a long battle, drawn out battle. It wasn't Badr and Uhad were one day, two day battles. This was a long battle over weeks. One day, it was a defensive battle where they had dug the trench, the Sahaba, to guard Medina. If you might remember from Sira class. Then what happened is, on one particular day, the mushrikeen said that that's it, we are going to cross this ditch. So with all their allies, they continually put it a non-stop assault. Non-stop. The Zahab were very few. They were, much, they were greater number. There were 10,000 Ahzab, Quraysh plus their other allies in the tribes. And the Sahaba were only 3,000. So everyone was on his post guarding. So there is something called Salatul Khawf, where half the army prays, half the army is in guard. But if that's not when actual combat is taking place, you cannot do Salatul Khawf, half and half. Then there is, if that's not possible, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ فَرِجَالًا or Rukbanan. Then if it's too difficult, then you pray wherever you are, Allah says, Surah An-Nisa, wherever you are on your horse or standing or on your animal. That was not possible. The attack was so incessant and continuous that the Dhuhr time came, the entire Dhuhr time, Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, Ali, forget about them, even Rasulullah himself with his noble person was defending the position until the entire Dhuhr time went by and he could not pray. Then the entire Asr time went by, he could not pray. The entire Maghrib time went by, he could not pray. And then late at night, they prayed Dhuhr, Asr and Maghrib. And Isha also didn't perform it in the beginning time, towards the end of the time. They performed this salah together in Qadha. That's the only two occasions. The one journey was Fajr, and the remaining prayers were in the battle of the ditch. The Prophet ﷺ was so regretful, he said, these mushrikeen, they have made us miss the salah today. But these extreme scenarios took place in life of Rasulullah ﷺ as an educational example for us to learn what to do in those scenarios. So those things which are not contrary to the station in maqam of Nabuwa occurred on the noble person of Rasulullah So missing a salah with having the full intention is not contrary to the station of Prophethood. So it happened to him himself, so we learn. And other sins which a Prophet could never commit, like zina, adultery, and sarqa, theft, they occurred in the Sahaba, so that we would learn what the ruling would be regarding those scenarios. That's why we know what to do, because they happened in the time of Rasulullah If they never happened, we would never learn what the injunction would be. So we have these scenarios. So we know if you miss one prayer, you make qada, you miss two, you make qada, you make three, three, you make qada, you miss four, you make qada. But then after that, if you miss a lot, then the conclusion people reach is, if you miss a lot, you don't have to make qada. So this is a very subjective thing, if you miss a lot. What is a lot? Define a lot and what's the evidence for that number? If you say if you miss a hundred, then you don't have to make it up, then who said hundred and where did you get the hundred from? So there is no figure. In fact, we always have to make up all the prayers that we miss, no matter what. But, Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed the fuqaha. They didn't say that stop everything and non-stop be praying salah. Rather, they give us the payback method known as the qada al-umri. So going back, in the time is now end. The original masala I was explaining is, in the time of Rasulullah the sahaba, they fully were committed to the deen. They had made the deen their objective. There was no category of non-practicing Muslim. 
which is what the majority of the Muslim Ummah has become today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to wake up from our slumber and become among the practicing Ummah, like the early predecessors amongst the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين